to Sense in the City, Athens. I'm Alexia Mvrazi coming to you from the modern ancient city of Athena Elava, Athens, Greece, with a new sensory adventure of people, places and things. Andros, only one hour away from Athens by ferry from Athens' Rafina port, is a part of the Cycladic island group, including Tinos, Mykonos, Naxos, Paros, Amorgos, Sivnos, and many, many, many more islands. Picture typically Cycladic whitewashed houses with ceramic tiled roofs, old mansions built by the Venetians during their occupation, and plenty of mountains, valleys, agricultural fields, villages made up of clusters of traditional houses and rows upon rows of dry stone walls built in a style very particular of the island. Then there are the open skies, the bold winds rich with oxygen and ozone from the sea, dazzling beaches both wild and organized, old-fashioned tavernas, water fountains pouring with spring water and buzzy village squares where kids run around and adults sip coffee. Swans are another feature of Andros, one that you definitely can't find anywhere else. There you are, swimming at the beaches of Chora, when a family of swans swims past you. In fact, swans should be the island's emblem. Over the last decade, Andros has been getting the world's attention. It was named as one of the 52 places to love in 2021 by the New York Times and recently described by Condé Nast's global editor-in-chief, Melinda Stevens, as my favorite place on earth. Andros is where I've spent many of my summers as an adult, during which the island's character got more and more deeply under my skin. And I wanted you to hop on a ferry with me and visit it at this time of year, when the island's famously unpredictable and sometimes unforgiving August winds have died down, the sea is still warm enough and the landscapes are less parched by the baking sun. I started my visit meeting up with an old friend, the writer Diana Farr Lewis, who is also the co-author of the book 111 Places That You Shouldn't Miss in Athens, which we wrote together with Diane Shugart in 2019. Diana has a house in Andros and has been staying there every summer, usually from early June until late October, so she's definitely the ideal person to talk with about Andros through the senses. So I'm on Felos Beach now with Diana Farlouis, who has been my guide all day. We're, we've had foodie adventures and have met several producers and shop owners who have wonderful Andriot products. And she is a food writer apart from many other kinds of writing. And she's written several cookbooks. So you've been living here for how many years? We built a house uh, starting in 1988, where we bought the land and we planted olive trees before we did anything else. We built a house that looks like an old house. People have said, what was standing here before you bought it? And I love that. It's got rounded corners and it's half 
stone and half uh, white and it just makes us happy. It looks out onto Kea and it looks down at the beach of Piso Vimiono, which is the next beach over from Felos. And it's just, it's just bliss. We have fig trees, we have pomegranate trees, a lemon tree that is bursting with lemons this year. And what else, an apple tree? And we planted two almond trees and now they have seven. So as a food lover and an excellent cook, you must be in heaven here with all these wonderful foods growing in your own garden. Absolutely in heaven. And what's really nice is that in, uh, farmers bring their trucks down in the mornings and you can buy lovely fresh vegetables, uh, fresh tomatoes and aubergine and courgette. Um, sometimes have their own cheese or sometimes their own wine. It's quite exciting. So you never know what you're going to find and it's always an adventure. It's really nice. So let's go through the senses in relation to Andros. So sight. Ah, oh, first of all, it's really rugged. This part of Andros is, is very rugged. Other parts of it look like Pili and they're covered with trees and chestnut trees. And But what I love is that each season has its own color. And right now uh, we're seeing rivers, almost waterfalls of pink oleanders following the streams, the under, underground streams on the mountainsides. And sometimes just by the roadside, it's just it's just mind-bogglingly beautiful. Um, in the autumn, we have whole areas of this part of Andres that nothing but heather, pink heather. And people have said it looks like Scotland. And that's why they, they talk about their heather honey being so good here, because it, it really... The reeky honey. Yeah, the reeky honey. It's his... Uh, good place for it. And then starting in the winter, the flowers come. The um, anemones, everything turns yellow in the spring. There are fields that are nothing but yellow. Last year I stayed later than I usually do. We usually leave at the end of October. We stayed to almost till Christmas and I watched the earth turning green again. Mm. And that was beautiful. Now let's go to sound. We're hearing a sound now. We're hearing one of, of my waves. favorite sounds, the water, the water. You we grew have, up by the water in America. We grew up by the water in Long Island, and this water is no comparison. That was the great green, greasy Limpopo, and this is the clear, transparent, translucent Aegean with so many good things in it. Um, this other sounds are sheep. <laughs> because our neighbors are all either sheep or goats. And so I wake up with... <laughs> the wind? Yes, the wind. The wind. Does it howl through your house? No, it doesn't, but it howls through the pylons <laughs> that sort of march across the island, which is... There are a couple of us pylons near us. It's not wind in the willows, it's wind in the pylons. There's probably a lot of wind in this particular interview because yes. uh, we're on the beach and there's a, a usual breeze. But we just don't want to go back to even <laughs> to the port. We don't want to go. Yeah, it's seven o'clock now and, uh, and it's getting really beautiful. So beautiful. The sun is uh, reflecting on the water and 
glittering off the water and there's a sailboat just across us and uh, children playing in the sand and making sand castles and the sun is actually still really nice and warm and really I'm feeling it on my skin yeah it's lovely prickly feeling so what about the tastes now that's something I'm sure you you can tell us a lot about being a, a foodie <laughs> like for me it's capers capers certainly every every summer in the beginning of the summer we find water bottles stuffed with capers that you can buy for something like 15 euros for you know a, a liter and a half of cap wow. capers and if you went to the supermarket to get a jar of capers, you'd probably have to pay 15 euros for a tiny little jar. And they're, they're, they're amazing. I put them in so many things. You can't have a salad without <laughs> Oh, and, and, and apparently they calm your nervous system. Do they? Yeah. Oh, is that why I'm so calm? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, the cheeses, Andros cheeses, mm. have become so wonderful. There are two or three cheesemakers, and I've visited them both that make, funnily enough, most of the cheeses here are cow cheeses, although we have probably more goats and sheep than certainly there are people. <laughs> um, but they're mostly cow cheeses, but they are really, really good, from the very soft malaco or doppio to the, the hard thing that's called, what is it, petroto or something that's squashed between two stones. Uh-huh. And uh, there's a... Wolaiki, that's kind of between soft and hard that I love. Um, then there's the honeys, the, the Riki honey, the heather honey we've talked about, but thyme honey as well. Some some of the Andros sweets are quite nice. They use a lot of almond, don't they? Almond Yes, paste. they make, they make uh, uh, amygdalota, which I think mm. almost every island makes, which is can be compared to marzipan, but it's much, much better with crushed almonds and rose water. Some people are making their own ice cream. They make their own pastelli, sesame seed, uh, brittle. Except in Andres, it's not so brittle. <laughs> it's more chewy. How about the smells of Andres? When you walk in a field mm. and you crush a, a, a little thyme plant or something, and the smells just come up yeah. from the soil as you, or you brush against something. What about uh, feeling? The feeling of sand. The feeling of going barefoot all the time. Feeling of freedom. Feeling of being young again. Because I always used to go barefoot in Long Island. And having open horizons, just no borders. Mm. Sometimes you feel you can fly. And now let's move on to some of the most sensorially exciting ways that you can get to know Andros better. Through action, of course, and particularly walking. The focus on boosting adventure tourism on the island has significantly increased over the years in Andros. And once called Idrusa in ancient times because unlike its cycladic neighbours, it has plenty of water flowing in the form of waterfalls, rivers, fountains and streams, it's a real, real pleasure to explore the island on foot. Its hiking trails, once donkey paths called Calderimia, that served as walkways for locals, 
way before roads and way before cars arrived to the island, have over the years been meticulously cleared and marked by Andros Roots, an organization based on volunteer participation from around the world. I spoke with a brainchild behind Andros Roots, Olga Karayani. I started by asking Olga what made her decide to start Andros Roots. I would say, first of all, it was beauty of Andros, my God, especially the, the places that the footpaths take you to. It was a beauty that inspired me so deeply, moved my heart and made it very clear for me that this is what I, I, I needed to do. So Andros has such an amazing variety and, and hidden beauties, really unbelievable. One can only experience this by walking. I think, but also it had to do with my studies related to sustainable tourism. One of the most important achievements of our project has been the European Quality Certification that we have received for part of this network for the 100-kilometer continuous route that we, we name Andros Route, um, which gives the opportunity to people uh, to explore Andros from north to south, walking for 10 days, residing in different locations. What inspired me mostly about Andros? Well, the beauty, the diversity of landscapes, the smells of the flowers, of the fruits, of the vegetables of every season. But I would also say the wind, the, the freshness of the air. I don't know, Andros has a sense of, of real life. The, the smell of, of, of heather bushes on parts of Andros, either walking or driving, you can, it really, comes strongly to you. It's, it's like eating heather honey with your nose. Andros has, has an amazing energy and, and I don't know, it, it has a, something powerful here. It, it grounds you, Andros, it captures you with, with her beauty. It makes you want to stay here forever. Well, it's paradise. I hiked in the village of Livadia walking with root angels, Anna Kalanzi and Anna Vulgari, along narrow paths overflowing with greenery. We came across houses, lush open fields with grazing horses and cows, rivers, mulberry trees that we stood under to enjoy a sweetly juicy staining feast, flowers of every shade and aroma, herbs in abundance. Our experience was deliciously completed at the house of Filiza Stilianu, who heads the Livadia Cultural Association, where we were generously treated to insightful chats, fresh lemonade, endless platters of homemade cakes, artfully spiced spoon sweets, and chewy amygdalota biscuits made with almond paste that the island is so known for. As we sat down to feast on these local treats after our hike, I had the chance to speak with my guides and hosts. Anna Kalanzi, a lawyer by profession who moved to the island in her late 40s and now volunteers for Andros Roots, said the following. When you walk, you see other scenes, other perspectives, other aromas, the thyme, heather, lemons. And Andros has an incredible variety of landscapes, which you don't find in the other Cycladic islands. One moment you're walking in a farmland that's dry and hot and typically Cycladic, and suddenly you come across a forested area and cross a river with fresh, cool air and waterfalls. 
and then you come out onto another dry farming area. It's amazing. And you walk through the insides of villages or see them across the way, and they're all maintained as they used to be in a traditional style. This gives me a thrill. The white houses with the tile roofs, I love it. And especially when you're walking, and I like to walk alone, you're flooded with ideas and thoughts that you just don't get to experience in other places or times of the day. And there's the sound of the sea when you arrive after a long hike to an isolated beach. The entire experience is something like communing with God. Another way to discover the island is through Explorandros, which is a good, reliable, high-quality go-to organization for action lovers, and over the last two years has significantly upped its game when it comes to experiential activities. Their tours include hiking, visits to natural landscapes and villages, cooking classes, cooking ex and eating experiences, horseback riding, rock climbing, scuba diving, uh, fishing and more. Usually staying by the beach of Niboryo in the horror of the island, the main town, where many scenes from the period film Little England were filmed, with the sound of the waves lulling me to sleep every night, this year I stayed in the pretty alpine village of Apikia, just a 15-minute drive away. So I went to bed smelling wafts of jasmine, roses and gardenias that grew in abundance around the traditional lemon tree house where I was staying and woke up to the sound of the cockerel and goat bells. My traditional home looked out to dreamy views of the sea and the valleys and almost daily my host Irini and her husband brought organic gifts from their Baxet gardens that grew all around us, such as courgettes and courgette flowers, which I stuffed with cheese and lemon rind and fried, potatoes, vlita greens, which I boiled and doused in olive oil and lemon, fresh eggs, peppery basil, mint, juicy, crisp plums, and ripe lemons lots and lots of lemons. While in Apikia, I religiously and sweatily walked up to the marble steps leading to the island's renowned Sariza Springs to fill up my water bottles and splash my face with cold natural spring water that's meant to be especially good for healing kidney stones. And in the 1930s to 1950s, drew crowds of tourists to the village for that very reason. In Apikia, I also discovered the Life Andros Park Project, an EU-backed initiative in the village where Andros's rich botanical varieties are showcased and preserved. Definitely worth a visit. Now let's go from exploring the island through sight and sound on foot and in other physical ways and to exploring Andros through the taste buds. Andros has a lot of fantastic and delicious local ingredients, from juicy, tangy capers to almonds, honeys of various kinds, especially the heather honey, which we speak about a lot in this episode, lemons and herbs, and locally made foods ranging from the pork sausage that's stored in the white glina fat to handmade pastas, many almond and honey-based sweets, 
sharp and creamy white cheeses made from cows or goat's milk, and recently even ouzo tsipuro, which is a kind of grappa, and wine. In the port of Gavrio, it's well worth visiting the Afitridima butcher shop, where two young brothers recreate recipes of old, taught to them by their grandfather's generation. Apart from high-quality cuts of meat, they sell loser smoked ham, pork sausages made with wild local herbs, and other deli products without a hint of preservatives. At the butcher shop, they also sell honeys made by their cousins, and propolis, and all kinds of other bee products, and uh, of a big variety of cheeses that are made in uh, three new cheese production places in the village of Corsi. Although not new, Andrea Con Bioshop, also in the Gavrio port, sells a grand variety of both imported food products and homemade goodies from around Andros. In Batsi, a village near the port, it's definitely worth visiting Fusco Thalassies, a tiny store with endless rows of shelves filled with products made literally at home with love by a lady called Maria. You'll find everything from fruit liqueurs and preserves to herbal salts, pickled artichokes, olives, capers, and much more. In Chora, too, I always visit another small store called Paradosiaco Pandopolio, where I love to spend time looking at local herbs, spices, preserves, pickles, wines, honeys, rusks, cheeses, and a lot more. Yeah, I am that person who lingers uh, in front of a shelf and sort of sniffs and reads things for ages in that place. Obsessed with cooking and always interested in learning how to cook from the masters, I visited Despina Caristinu, one of the island's best cooks, most reputable cooks, at her favorite home in the mountain village of Catacalei to learn how to make the Furtalia omelette. This is the island's most famous traditional dish, and it's made with the thick, dark, and intensely flavored Andros sausages that I mentioned earlier, eggs, and thin slices of crispy fried potatoes. Now, Despina's Furtalia, which uh, when she made it for me was the size of a medium to large pizza with eight eggs and three sausages, was really delicious. I'd had furtalia in the past in a restaurant in Andros and I found it heavy and unpleasant and I didn't really crave it. So when I tried it at Despina's house, I thought I'd just have one piece just before trying it and I ended up having two pieces on a beautiful scenic terrace overlooking the Jora. And I was ordered by her to take the rest home with me. And I must confess, it was so irresistibly good that I had another few slices for dinner and the final bit at brunch the following day. Now you can watch Despina prepare Furtalia on the YouTube channel and uh, also you can see excerpts of it on Sense in the City, Athens' Instagram account. 
Andros is also a great destination for culture vultures. There are the Archaeological Museum of Andros and also the Archaeological Museum of Paleopolis, which is an area of Andros where a lot of archaeological digs have gone on for the last few decades. There's the Museum of Contemporary Art in the Jora, the main town. There's also the Maritime Museum of Andros, the Kidonevs Foundation, which hosts art exhibitions, the Cairios Library, the Olive Museum, and the Folklore and Christian Art Museum. And finally, the Digital Museum of Andros. Really, all of them, you know, small, well-organized, modern, and definitely interesting to visit. The holistically minded can also find inner peace in Andros. Carolyn Cunliffe, who moved to the island from the city several years ago, teaches yoga classes at Yalia Beach, in the village of Corsi and in the village of Menites. There's also the Mikranglia Spa in the Jora, and then there's also the Mitris and Dora, who run a lovely store in Gavrio, the Dido shop, selling a huge array of gem-colored uh, handmade soaps, medicinal lotions, and more, uh, that they make themselves using natural products that they find on the island. And they also uh, offer several kinds of massage therapies, including Ayurvedic, reflexology, and Reiki. Now, I spoke with Dimitris uh, to find out a little bit more about uh, what brought them there, because they're outsiders, they're not from Andros, uh, and they've been living there full on over the last few years. And so how did this all begin? One day, just say, that's enough with Athens, we have to change our lives. And, uh, what were you doing in Athens? We're both in the world of uh, energetic therapies, but uh, my actual job uh, was a taxi driver. Dora used to be a reporter to Kathimerini, and uh, after she, she said enough, she's starting to learning therapies, things for, for healing. Mm -hmm. What kind of massage? With uh, hot oil and uh, her herbal oils, <laughs> yes. And why Andros? The first thing was, uh, okay, it's two hours from Athens. It's a beautiful island. And we have two friends here. And what about if I ask you the sounds of Andros? The, the wind is uh, the master in Andros <laughs> <laughs> for me. And the smells? Na nature and herbs. The herbs. A, lo a lot of uh, thyme, a lot of uh, rigani, a lot of uh, riki. Mm -hmm. yes. And you use those for your soaps? Yes. What else yes. do you put in your soaps? When I make my soaps, uh, I, I don't uh, I don't use water anymore. I use tea of the herbs ah. I, I collect. Wow. And what about tastes? Riki. Ah, Riki honey. It's the only honey I eat. How would you so, describe the taste? It has many tastes. As, as long as you have it in your mouth, another taste goes up and another and another and another. And uh, do you, what are your future plans? Maybe we will make a something bigger with therapy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe later, maybe a spa or something. Wow, fantastic. Okay, so watch the space. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Andros is known as the ship owner's island for a reason. 
Its main town of Chora, once the island's port, is filled with elegant neoclassical mansions that look like a theatre set from a distance, belonging to some of the country's most prestigious ship owners and sea merchants. The island has a strong and proud nautical tradition, represented very much by its yacht club, the Nafticos Omilos, at the edge of the Niborio beach, which is a members-only club, but also organizes sailing lessons for kids. And once a year, every August, it also runs the Andros International Yacht Race. There's so much to say about the island of Andros, but I hope this was a sensorially adventurous first trip for you there. Uh, and if you've been before, that you've discovered things you really didn't know, and that you'll discover the rest for yourself on your next trip over. It's reachable in a one or two hour boat trip from Rafina port in Athens, and it's definitely worth exploring, if not only to understand why so many people fall in love with it, and how it tickles your own senses while you're there. I'm still trying to work it out. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sense in the City Athens. Find Alexia's recipes and other extras at senseinthe.city. If you enjoyed the show, consider supporting the team. Links to Patreon and Buy Me a Coffee can be found attached to this episode in most podcast apps. Or visit our Instagram page, Sense in the City Athens, and click link in bio. Sense in the City is produced by Ruby TV and Pilot Media.